When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, you have found another episode of Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and I might be the luckiest person in the entire speaking industry because I get to host this show and meet really interesting people who love to share from their heart and their soul the best ideas on how you can build a better business as a professional speaker. And today, we are going to talk about negotiation. So I would like to welcome to the show, Lynn Price. Hey, Lynn, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Thank you for having me. So, Lynn, if we're going to talk about negotiations, and let's face it, as speakers, we have so many things to negotiate. We have, we have our fee. We have the contracts. We have how many nights they're going to pay for, what kind of travel we're going to get. Gosh, the list is really long. What are your two tips for speakers when it comes to negotiating? The first tip is you got to make the ask. No one's going to read your mind. So you got to be brave and be confident and make the ask. Ask for exactly what you want. The second one, don't negotiate against yourself. When you make your offer, you know, make your offer, be quiet, zip it. Like we like to talk, you know, but know when you're making that offer, be confident, stop talking, don't negotiate against yourself. Wow. And I bet all of us listening, I know I'm guilty as charged, have negotiated against ourselves. The other person doesn't say anything. And so we just keep dropping our, dropping our fee right. or whatever it is when they probably would have signed the contract if we were the ones who had just gotten quiet. So for those of you who don't know Lynn Price, she is a negotiation expert and she trains people to become better negotiators. She's a member of the National Speakers Association. She is a speaker, a consultant, an author, and she's coming to us today from Rapid City, South Dakota, not far as she told me, from Mount Rushmore. So Lynn, let's jump into this whole world of negotiations. How, how does one become a negotiation expert? A lot of practice. <laughs> I've negotiated well over 11,000 agreements uh, when I was serving as in-house counsel in a variety of different industries. Um, but that's really, you know, I wish that there was a silver bullet where I could tell people like, here, here's the thing, you know, just do these things and you'll be great at it. But it's a lot of practice. And I, you know, I wrote a book and I created the formula of the three R's to get people there a little bit faster. So they don't have to do 11,000 agreements. <laughs> they can kind of improve their negotiation skills uh, without 11,000 contracts. So you are a, uh, you were a practicing attorney. You're, you're still mm -hmm. a lawyer, but you no longer practice law. What made right. you made that, that jump from being in-house counsel, working in the legal department of an engineering firm for like 13 years, you said, what, what made you make the jump from that to being a consultant and a speaker and a trainer? Mm -hmm. Well, it was actually a corporate relocation. We, we relocated, so I couldn't manage the legal department um, anymore. And so then I was, uh, when we first relocated, I was in um, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I was meeting with some people at the law school there at a reception. And they said, hey, you know, what about you could come over here and, and do some work with us and do some teaching? And 
I just remembered, like, I don't like lawyers that don't like law school students and any of it. So I thought, uh, I don't really want to do that. But, but gosh, what, it was flattering for them to even ask. So I thought, well, what am I, what would I teach if I would? And so I was like, well, negotiation, that's easy. Cause I do that all the time. So I started doing an outline and 12 pages later, you know, I thought, well, I'll just write a book. I'll just write a book on it. And you know, that's the beauty of having a, a child at home when you say you're going to do something and then later they Hey, how's that coming? I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do that. So <laughs> I got held accountable, held accountable by a nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, those nine-year-olds don't let you get away with anything. And you know, yeah. what's worse when they become 25 year olds. Yeah. Oh, that, they get, it. they get, even, they get even more <laughs> that my, my, my soon to be 25 year old daughter. I told her, I go, I'm not so old that you have to take over my life. We're not there yet. So I go, you know, call me when I'm 85, but for now, you know, I can still run my life. So your book is called negotiated how to crush your fears, develop well, it's a long title. Why don't you share it? <laughs> yeah. How to crush your fears, develop your negotiation muscle and gain power in the workplace. Well, and that's what we want to talk about right now is I think that's really important for speakers, how to how to strengthen those those muscles, how to gain power and, of course, crushing those fears. So let's start off with why are people scared to negotiate? You know, it's funny. I think the just the word itself has so much baggage because I say negotiate and people hear conflict and confrontation. And it just doesn't have to be that way at all. Um, but I think, I mean, there's an inherently, there's a fear of failure. There's a fear of embarrassment. Um, it can, it can be a little overwhelming if you let it, but then there's some easy ways too. We can just kind of overcome that fear. One, just over-prepare, like really do your due diligence and know what you're talking about. Because if you feel like, if you really know your information, if you know your market, if you know your price, you know, whatever you're going to do, if someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer, it's not going to shake you to the core because you, you know, you know, you know what you're talking about, but if you over-prepare, you're going to feel much calmer. And when you're calmer, you're going to have more confidence and confidence in a negotiation is, is really key. So you've been a speaker now for, for some time. So mm -hmm. in addition to having negotiated over 11,000 contracts in your legal career, you've certainly negotiated several of them as a speaker. What are some of the big mistakes you think speakers make when it comes to negotiating? I think again, um, it's that negotiating against yourself. Don't be afraid to stop talking, make your offer, be secure in what you're asking and be comfortable with it. Make the ask zip it. Stop talking, you know, and again, we all love to talk. So it's, it's, you have to be comfortable and you have to be intentional about doing that, about making that offer and then just stop and just be creative. You know, they're, you're entering a negotiation because they want to work with you. They want to hire you. So get creative. So maybe, you mean, maybe you change the price a little bit, but maybe you negotiate extra travel or, you know, an extra stay or, you know, the conference, you know, if you're really interested in the conference that you can go attend all the events, you know, I had um, one last week that uh, it's in person. Thank goodness. I'm so excited to get back in person. Um, but it's in Texas and it's in February. And I said, uh, Hey, so is there a discount you know, if I get you out of South Dakota in February? I'm like, yep. sure is." <laughs> yeah, no, I charge, I, was, I charge more. I live in Texas. Yeah, I charge sure. more to go to South Dakota in February. <laughs> right. so, yeah. so let's jump into to digging down into your tips. So your first tip was you have to make the ask. And then you have this whole philosophy around you don't ask, you don't get. Let's talk about mm -hmm. this. What, why do we have to make the ask and why don't people make the ask? Well, I think, again, it comes back to fear. Like they're afraid that they won't get what they're asking or they're afraid that, you know, that somehow it's, it's that um, imposter syndrome. Like if they ask, someone's going to go, what, how, why did you even think that you, you, who are you to ask? You know, so 
it's it's so important to make the ask. And I think that what I use the trigger for me and you hang out with me for any amount of time, you're going to hear the don't ask, don't get. But the trigger really is when it pops in your head and you say, I wonder if they would dot, dot, dot. doesn't matter what it is, but that's your trigger to be like, okay, now I have to make the ask. Because as soon as your head, you know, your mind starts thinking, I wonder if that's, that's when you need to make the ask. Awesome. So don't ask, don't get seems to be somewhat self-explanatory, but let's go deeper into this philosophy. What, what, what's it all about to you? Well, for me, it's honestly, it's a form of self-advocacy, right? Because no one's going to, to do this on, on, on your behalf, you know, most of the time, especially speakers, like I need to be comfortable making that ask. And again, it's, it's a way of getting more out of a situation. Now I'm not talking about scorch the earth, you know, terrible. I have to win everything. You have to lose negotiations. So I'm very much believe in a more collaborative format, but ultimately it comes down to you. Like you have to make the ask, you have to be creative and you have to stand up for yourself and be able to be willing to say, Hey, I want a little bit more out of the situation, whatever the situation is. So sometimes I think people don't even know what they want or what they can get. Mm -hmm. They're just so excited to have a prospect on, on the phone. So let's dive really deep. Let's imagine that you were coaching a speaker and they were up for really the speaking gig of their career. They, it's their dream client. It's the right fee. They have money. The client has created a short list of two, maybe three speakers, and it's now down to the negotiation. Decisions are about to be made. What does the speaker need to be doing? before you get in that situation, you have to prioritize your ask. You have to know exactly what, what am I willing to do, but have this still be a good deal because I, I had prioritized them into three different buckets. The first one is the have to haves. So these are things like I have to have these in order for this to be a good deal for me. If I don't get these, I, I'm going to walk. Um, you, the key with that is you want to keep it, that list as short as possible, right? Those need to be your value base. Like these are very important to me. Uh, maybe a number that you're not willing to go below, so keep that list short. Then you have your helpful haves and that's the second bucket. And that's going to be where like a majority of the, the changes in the negotiation come back and forth. You know, maybe it's to travel or maybe it's whatever it is, but that, those are things where you can kind of look at it holistically and say, okay, I didn't get this, but I can move this around and this would be okay. And then the helpful haves. Now these are things that they would be helpful. There's always needs to be a reason for them, but you're not going to lose any sleep if you don't get those. So, you, you know, you, you have to have a certain balance and, things in those buckets because you don't want to come in hot and be like these this is what i have to have and nothing you know no other changes that's not a negotiation that's just really demand <laughs> you know so you got to prioritize those asks so it's easier i think when you're a famous speaker and you and your phone is ringing off the hook it's mm -hmm. easier to negotiate isn't it oh of course yeah i mean whenever you have you know that that kind of you know heat behind you it's you know negotiations are going to be easier but the key you know it's leverage. You know, it's obviously a thing. Leverage is a thing. You know, I'm not gonna act like it's not, you have more leverage if, if you know, if you're a national speaker, but I don't want people to think, well, I don't have any leverage, so I'm not going to make the ask. You still have to make the ask, you know, just because you don't have leverage doesn't mean you can't still ask for what you really want. I always think of children are the, the best version of that, right? They have no leverage and they will ask and ask and ask and they get what they want, you know, a pretty good chunk of the time. Yeah, that's true. I can't tell you how many times when my kids were little and, and they're adults now, how many times we'd walk out of the supermarket, what, what became known in our family as a car cookie. So, you know, 
So, you know, when you're in the store, they sometimes next to the bakery have like that, that little thing where you can open the door and take the little cellophane paper so that you're not touching everybody else's cookie and you can put it into a little wax paper baggie and you can take it. But some people let their kids eat those cookies while they drive through the store. My theory was we hadn't paid for the cookie yet. So if we get it, you can't eat it till we get in the car. But I can't tell you, once we got there, it's, can I have a car cookie? Can I have a car cookie? Can I have a car cookie? And if they went to the store with me, their odds of getting a car cookie were probably 100% just because they would do exactly as you said. They would make the ask. Yeah, it's a don't ask, don't get cookie. <laughs> That's exa- exactly right. Now, they're 25 and 19. They live around the country. They, they don't live in Austin anymore. But if they were here and they went to the supermarket with me, I bet they still could talk me out of a car cookie. <laughs> So your second tip was don't negotiate against yourself. And this one is what made like the hair on the back of my neck stand up when you told me what the tip was in the introduction. We do it all the time. Let's talk about what do you mean by negotiate against yourself? What are the the red flags and how do we not do it? And when I say don't negotiate against yourself, I'm saying you make your offer or it's your counter offer, whatever it is, and be confident yeah, just really just confident enough to then just stop because it, it, is, it drives me bonkers when people go like, say they're negotiating a car and they'd say, you know, Hey, could you take 5,000 off? And then the person's just kind of sat, well, I mean, three would be okay. Well, two would two work. Like they literally didn't say anything. You know, you just need to give people a, a moment to kind of hear what you're saying to process and then to give you an answer. And it might, you know, it can get awkward. Sometimes you have to just silence and a smile, make your offer, be quiet, smile. Um, if they aren't taking the social cues to tell you, you know, Hey, you need to respond here. You need to have something ready. Say, you know, what do you think? You know, just something that you can keep coming back to, to, to prompt them to give you a response to, to what you offered. So when you get to that point, you make the offer and then be quiet and it's long. And you say, what do you think? What if they come back and go, nope, can't do it. Then what do people do? Well, that's a good question. And sometimes the answer will be no. So then you kind of have to go back to that prioritization. You know, you have your have to haves. So if I don't get this, is this something I'm willing to walk, you know, or is this something, you know, that I asked, I made the offer and I'm like, okay, you know, it would have been helpful, but it's not going to break my heart if I give that up. So that's again, where coming into that and being ready, the first R of that formula, being ready, doing your due diligence is really going to help you because when you have to think on your feet and pivot, you need to know what your options are. And that's why, again, that prevents you from making a bad deal. If you know exactly like this is the amount I have to get, otherwise it's not worth my time for travel to be away from my family, do all that. That's, that's your answer, you know? So just make your offer and then stop talking. So I want to go deeper into your three R formula. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. The first one is ready. What's the second and third? Mm-hmm. And let's go really deep into how I want people to walk away with negotiating tips that as soon as they're done listening to this podcast, they can put it into action. So let's talk about your three R formula. Perfect. Yeah. The first one is to be ready. That's your preparation phase. That's where you do all your due diligence and really kind of get to know your information, know your audience, um, really just prepare for what you're going to do. The second R is to be relatable because people will help people that they like. And this has to be in a very authentic way. I don't want you to fake it. People can sniff it out. Um, it has to be a very authentic way that you can just be perceived as relatable. And again, it might just be being super responsive to someone that, that makes you relatable. That makes people, you know, like you. Um, and then the final, final R is to be reasonable. And that's where you just really get creative in what you're asking. So look for solutions based negotiation, like try to find the solution. Again, if you're working with someone, if you're negotiated with someone, 
they want to work with you, you know, so find a way to make the, and make it easy for them to say yes and really get creative and try to figure out how can we best work together. All right. So the three R formula is be ready, be relatable, be reasonable, ready. I get, mm-hmm. cause that's preparation. And we talk about that in a lot of different interviews on this show and another thing. So I, so I get the, the be ready for it, but the relatable one, when I'm talking about negotiation, I, I, I don't really understand. Give me a little bit more. Yeah. So being relatable again, it's, it's a people help people that they like. So if you can do something to put them in a position to say, yes, you know, it's maybe, um, if, if I, if we're working together and I already can foresee that this is going to be an issue for you, I'll put myself in your shoes and try to think, okay, what are the pain points that you're going to have on this? And then try to solve those up front. Say, Hey, I know this is going to be an issue for you. Here's what I think we could do. Here's a solution. Then you're, you're just making it easier for them. And people, you know, listen, the more you can make it easy for someone to interact with you, the more they're going to like you. And then if, if they like you, they're going to become more of your advocate on, you know, on your behalf. Yeah. So that's really just trying, trying to find ways to connect. And again, but it has to be authentic, um, doing research. And again, in your ready phase, you'll do research, you know, about whoever you're working with and the organization. So you can kind of, again, predict some of the issues that they might have. So I've been in a lot of negotiations and your last one of being reasonable. The problem is, is a lot of people don't think they're being unreasonable. <laughs> they don't, they don't know. So how do, how do we even know what is reasonable? Well, again, I think when you spend that time in that ready phase and you prepare, you can kind of know situation, you know, know what's reasonable or not. But again, that's the area where you're just going to start to get creative. Just find a solution. Try to find an area where you can work together. So, again, it's it's engaging active listening. Really pay attention to see, you know, what they're telling you and, and really kind of, again, put yourself in their position and try to solve the problem. All right. So, Lynn, you have negotiated over 11,000 agreements in your time as a lawyer and beyond. So what are some trends that you've seen that have changed over the years when it comes into negotiations? That's a really good question. You know, it's it's funny. I think you're seeing I've seen more more of the soft things showing up in contracts now, you know, where it might be before there was a lot of, you know, just legalese, you know, law language. Now, I think people are trying to again, predict some pain points and put them into the contracts, you know, with with varying degrees of success. I mean, you can't, you know, contract your way out of bad behavior, you know, but yeah, I think I'm seeing a little bit more of that. And then obviously with, you know, the pandemic, we're seeing a lot more outs, you know, a lot of outs for, um, in case, you know, that you can't deliver. So I'm actually seeing a lot of outs on their side. It's not so much can I deliver, it's what if we cancel our contract at the last minute? And when the consolation clauses, there used to be sort of a traditional way. Now I'm finding a lot of companies and associations are rewriting that to their favor. And in some cases, there's no negotiation. They're like, here's what we're doing with pandemic-related cancellation. Take it or leave it. What does a speaker do in that point if, if it's not really a, a, the cancellation clause doesn't, whether or not it's fair is a different question, but whether it's not what they're used to, what can they do if, if the client is drawing a line in the sand saying, this is our cancellation uh, protocol? Yeah. If, I mean, first of all, I would always kind of, you know, make the ask. I'd still push, still see if there's any wiggle room at all. But if they're giving you a hard, hard, no, this is it, take it or leave it again. You have to come back to your prioritization. If, are you going to be okay with that? Are you willing, willing to risk this? Is that okay for your business and where you are at this stage in your speaking career? You know, if, if you're just starting out, it might be worth, you know, the risk because you need to build, build your book. But you know, if you're, if you're doing this a lot, if you, if you have a lot of things scheduled and you're like, yeah, you know what, this is just too risky. I can do other, I can work with other clients. I can do other things and make up for this. And again, you have to kind of know that up front before you're going into it, whether you're going to risk that or not. So this brings up a great point. 
where is the walk away for a speaker when they're doing a negotiation? We see this all the time in some of the back channel Facebook rooms for the National Speakers Association. People are like, the client has drawn the line in the stand. What do I do? You know, what what is a speaker? How does a speaker come up with their this is a no go sort of fine lines? Yeah, well, I think, you, again, you kind of have to look at it holistically, like, and, and where you are at what stage, you know, you are in your career. It's like you said, like, if I'm a super hot national speaker, yeah, that that's a real different, you know, out than if I'm just getting started. So again, if you're prioritizing your ass, and if you know, if you're, you really have to pay attention and put all that time into that being ready phrase, because that's part of, of being ready is that I know exactly what I'm worth and I know what I'm willing to do and what I'm not. What you don't want to do is you don't want to try to figure that out on the fly. You want to have that set up in advance and you can do that now without a client. You know, you can figure out what am I willing to sacrifice and what am I not? Well, in my own career, like I might be willing to negotiate my speaking fee for a keynote, within reason, a little bit. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to being the master of ceremonies for a three-day event, I won't negotiate it down at all. I walk away from a lot of events because what I've learned is if you're going to be the master of ceremonies for three days, to negotiate it down isn't really worth it. Whereas if you're going and giving a Mm -hmm. keynote for the hour, it's still a good number. You're like, well, that might be worth it. So here's the question. How do you deal with the client? What do you say if they are, if you have a walk away point and they won't negotiate with you, they won't come up to, to your fee or whatever it is. How do you let them know hmm, I'm walking away from this deal? Yeah, I think you're just, you know, as clear as possible. And, you, you know, it's just almost like any relationship, you know, you're establishing your boundaries and you have to be willing to say, thank you for the opportunity. Um, however, I'm just not willing to do it for this amount. If your budget changes or if you need a different speaker for a different event, I'd be happy to revisit this with you, but I just can't do it for that amount. And just be, you know, as pleasant as possible. I mean, it's kind of like dating. You don't want to break up with them dramatically. You know, <laughs> it's still a small business. You know, you got to work you know, keep those relationships. And again, just be as cordial, but just be, you just have to be direct. There's no way to really dance around the idea that, you know, it's not you, it's me. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm breaking up with you. You know, we're we're not going to get this done. You just have to really be direct. All right. So as we wrap up this interview, I want you to go deep in to the, the library of amazing information from Lynn Price when it comes to negotiation. What haven't we covered that you think every speaker needs to know before they go on and listen to another episode of Speakernomics when it comes to negotiation. I think you just need to remind yourself that this is a muscle. It will get better the more you practice. Don't think just because I'm not a good negotiator now, you're not going to be. This is absolutely muscle. You can work it out and all you have to do is practice because, and here's the thing, you got to practice out loud. You're going to feel like an idiot. I get it, but you have to practice out loud. It's so much different. Like when you do it in your head versus when you have to say it, it's a complete game changer. You got to practice it out loud. And one, one area is that I, I tell people to, you know, if they want to work that muscle and build that muscle, it's, it's building that don't ask, don't get muscle. Um, if you're online shopping, this sounds silly, but it really does help. If you're on online shopping, which we all are a ton right now, and there's a coupon code. You could go to Google and put in the company name and see if you could find a code, but you're not going to do that. Instead, you're going to go to the chat function or go real old school and actually, you know, pick up the phone and call them and just say, hey, I'm a, a new customer. I'm a returning customer, whatever the case is. I see there's a coupon code. Do you have one that I could use? Okay. It's not about the discount that you're giving. It's the fact that you are making the ask and you're practicing, you're getting, you know, I don't want you to practice this when you're buying a house or a new salary. Like that's not the time to start practicing your negotiation muscle. You know, you want to build it with just making these small asks. And again, when throughout the day, if you hear 
in your head, you know, I wonder if they would, dot, 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 whatever it is, that is your trigger. That is your mind telling you, you need to start making the ask. So can you make that ask more than once, like the kids wanting the car cookie? And I say, no, not, to, <laughs> not today. And then they keep asking. And eventually I, I, I go, is that, is that a smart negotiation thing to ask a couple of times? Yeah, within reason. I, I have no problem revisiting and asking it. You know, you, you got to come back to that second R, which is being relatable. You don't want to be, you know, uh, you don't want to be a four year old annoying them. You don't want to <laughs> yeah, be a four year old hungry for a sugar cookie. I got it. Right. Exactly. You know, but you got to get that car cookie. You know, you're going to have to ask for it. Yeah. And, and I think it's fine to be able to ask in multiple. T- Sometimes it's just, you know, it, it can be a different stage during the negotiation where, okay, initially when I started out, you weren't willing to do this, but maybe now that you see that we've changed some stuff and there's some wiggle room, maybe now you're being more willing to, to do that so we can revisit it. But again, you got to, you know, balance it out, you know, to get your car cookie. All right. I'm going to write my negotiation book. It's going to call Get Me the Supermarket Car Cookie. And and it all comes from this. So seriously, Lynn, thank you so much for being a guest here on Speakernomics. Any final words? Don't ask, don't get Nice. You don't ask, you don't get. And it's all about negotiations. Thank you to Lynn Price for being a guest here on Speakernomics. And all of you who listened, do me a favor. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Heck, wherever you get your podcast love. Make sure that you've subscribed to the show. You can go leave one of those fancy five-star reviews that says best podcast ever for professional speakers. But more importantly, make sure that you come back here every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.